0: welcome to the get offset podcast my name is andrew
1: and my name is emily and andrew's yep. got a telecaster in his lap today
0: yeah I, would it be an it- an offset podcast without a telecaster. I mean,
1: yeah, it would. It'd probably be more so, but yeah, I think you knew the answer to that question before you asked it, bud.
0: Well, now I'm offended deeply.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, that's well, fine. I, was, I just kind of I think I think people expect me to be offended. I'm so offended. I'm so offended all the time, people think.
0: Breaking news. Local white liberal woman is offended.
1: No. <laughs> oh, no. Not, not me offended. Not again. I'm all, no. When was the last time I was like offended? Oh, man. Tuesday? What? Okay. Why would I have been offended on Tuesday? Just-
0: I don't Who know, offended
1: pick- me on Tuesday? I'm
0: picking a random day of the week arbitrarily for the sake of humor.
1: Uh, I was offended. <laughs> was I like offended when someone served me mushrooms? Like, oh no. <laughs> I'm offended that you thought I liked mushrooms.
0: Already had an appetizer. I don't have mushroom for anything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, as this uh, is launched, yesterday was my anniversary. Seven years married.
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah, I still like him a lot.
0: Yay.
1: Yay! Yes, made a
0: good choice.
1: I think so. Going on that second, third, fourth, fifth, etc. dates with yeah. with that man. I like that him. man. That man, Ricardo Giuseppe. Yes, I like him. It's a good guy. I was gonna say he made me this coffee, but actually, I made myself this coffee. He heated the water, though. Mm. I
0: actually haven't done coffee yet mm. Just done a It's
1: 11am Shoot Shoot buddy
0: I'll probably do coffee this afternoon Although mm. You know I might make tea It's yeah. like the perfect time of year to do Song sushong tea oh. And uh, Especially since I've got the barbecue going right now mm-hmm. I think it's uh, Having a smoky tea with smoky meat I mean We'll okay. see Maybe I'll oh, do both. And okay. I just won't sleep tonight.
1: That's a lot it's of smoke. That's a lot of smoke. Are you Are you sure you don't want to separate those flavors as good?
0: I mean, I, I did tell my doctor that I don't smoke anymore. Um, okay. Don't tell him that I, I'm still smoking the meats.
1: It's smoking the meats. <laughs> uh, smoking the meats. I think that's, uh, you know, in moderation. Smoked meats are better than smoking cigarettes.
0: Yes. Um, Although... I really ought to start like I should just have like a disposable mask like for when I'm out there doing uh, working the smoker because if I go out there attend the fire like all the smoke out there like the next day I end up like sneezing like a little bit of black sit should probably just like disposable max, masks masks yeah mask. I mean it is yeah. smoke
1: so it's probably a good idea I think Rick, do, Rick does that uh, honestly when he, he he doesn't like being around smoky Smokiness, smoky conditions. So he he already does that. He's going to outlive all of us.
0: Should wear like the blue one and then like look mm. for like the, the little nostril holes as, as the particulate matter gets stopped. The vents? No, just like a, a, like a plain surgical mask. And then look like see if any like patterns form from like the intake of the air.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. I think I think I'm. Catching that drift. I think I got you. I think I got it. If I
0: it. like am over the coals and I go, is it going to make like two like black sooty sc- scudges?
1: That's not what a scudge <laughs> is. You're just making fun of me for saying scudge.
0: I'm going to start finding creative ways to use that in a way that sounds like it might work. but That's not no. what it was intended for.
1: No, a scudge <laughs> is like a, a bit. Like you scooch a scudge. Like... You scooch a scooch, like you, you move over a little bit, or We're like you you, you, you you put in like just a scooch of reverb, it's just like a little bit Yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> uh, I should, we'll, I'll go look at my like you got like a little scooch like on your forehead like
1: No, I don't I don't even know like what, what I don't know how, I don't know how to, one how to spell scooch <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what region scooch is we should start I don't a know. poll
0: how to spell skudge. Uh, I'll, I'll start with S K U D J E.
2: D
1: J E. Yeah. That's not right. Skudge. <sighs> a little bit. Uh, it is.
0: Well, probably with a G E, G E makes more sense grammatically, but J just sounded like that extra bit of flair of like, this just feels not right. Oh.
1: Uh. Slang for a little bit good. I think it's with a sc-
0: SCUJ G
1: no,
0: good
1: no. I don't know.
0: Is it even a real thing? Has this been fabricated?
1: No, it's not.
0: Is this going to be like the mandala effect?
1: (laughs) I just really want somebody to tell me. I don't know. I don't know. Now, now I'm just gone? like, now I'm like getting really confused. Skosh? A skush. <gasps> oh! Skush. I think I've just been saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no. A skush. I think, I don't think it's skudge. I think it's a skush. S-K-O-S-H, a skosh, a bit, that's, that's. a skosh, it's a scosh, a skosh, oh my god, <laughs> a skosh, a scosh. I, I, okay, just, if people are, oh, it's from a Japanese word of skoshi, a little bit,
0: I've got S-K-O-O-D-G-E on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> skudge. Verb, to use or take something without permission. Example, your parents are out of town. You should just skudge their car for the weekend. They'll never know.
1: Mm, I think it's scosh. I think it's scosh.
0: Do you have any guitar pedals I could skudge? No. Any amps I could skudge?
1: No, when well, are you gonna I, be out of
0: town? Can I can I that super reverb?
1: I think, I think it's scosh. I think, I think I've been. I think I've just like. It's one of those things where you know, you hear a word wrong, and maybe just my family picked it up weird, and scosh turns turned into scudge, scooch. Sco, scooch a skosh. Yeah. All right. Well, skudge is now an Emilyism, as many other things have become Emilyisms over the years. <laughs> and there we go. And maybe, maybe one of our, maybe, maybe we'll make a new shirt that says it uh, up a skudge."
0: <laughs> just, just a skudge. How, how, a how should we? We'll, we'll have to ask the patron supporters how we should spell skudge. Yes.
1: Yeah, support us on Patreon at patreon.com/getoffset at the $5 tier or above to a- for access to our super special Discord server so you can have input on how to spell skudge.
0: Indeed, we have several tiers of Get Offset Patreon because we have tiers for fans. Yeah. Not for fears, just for fans.
1: Tears before bedtime. Yep. Tears of a clown.
2: Yeah, tears you lost me tears. on that
1: one. Tears for fear, tears of a clown, is a Smokey Robinson. Uh, Smokey Robinson. That's
0: just Smokey it's Rocky. a it's evoking some very intense imagery in my head now that I don't think I wanted. Smokey Robinson, of and of the miracles.
1: It's a miracle song, I think. That was Smokey Robinson. Yeah, Smokey Robinson, the miracles. You don't know that song, Tears of a Clown? You guys in the Town. I don't Motown. think I do. <gasps> You got to listen to more Motown.
0: There's a lot that I need to listen to more of. Um, I highly
1: recommend Motown. <laughs> it's great songs.
0: No, I, no, I like, like Motown.
1: Motown did this really cool thing that one of the reasons they had so many hits is because like they, they had like focus groups. Um,
2: yep.
1: so they'd all listen to some, but do I ever, did I ever talk about this? They all listen to songs in a room together, a bunch like they're like a and people. And, uh, they would listen to a new song and, uh, You know, they'd be like, okay, uh, would you call a radio station to request the song? And if everyone didn't raise their hands or if at least one person didn't raise their hand, like, that, would yeah, I would call specifically to request the song if I heard it. Um, They wouldn't release the song.
2: Mm. So
1: that's how that was their, like, quality control. Like, is this hot enough that, like, I would actually go out of my way and out of my day to request a song on the radio? So, yeah, if they didn't feel that way, then, yeah. Sucks. so yeah, tears of a clown. Um, tears for fears. Patreon tears for fears. You yeah, also likes comment, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes. That actually is extremely helpful. I wonder if we've done any reviews lately on the.
2: Have TV we had any reviews?
0: I haven't li- checked in a couple of checked. weeks. I haven't checked. I haven't checked. This feels like. Oh, is this like, like slight masochism? and waiting for like a terrible review to come through. Embracing myself for.
1: Well, it's weird. It says we're. It says we we update biweekly, but that ain't true. No, I don't see any recent ones. I said no. Stop giving me. Stop giving me uh um jaws. <laughs> and I'll, or I'm gonna start giving you.
0: Uh oh. Uh oh. Chicken Picking inbound.
1: That was not chicken picking, that was just some good old school James Bond.
0: I was expecting the chicken picking when I saw the uh, the Telestrat.
1: Oh yeah, I picked up my Nashville Player Plus Telecaster.
0: I just like calling it the, the Telestrat. I don't it's know something. why.
1: It's a Nashville Tele. It already has a name.
0: Yeah,
1: It already has something that's called. Uh, can I show you what's new with me though? Let's do it. Yes, I've actually had this for a bit. I, I'm kind of waiting for. Um, Something to come back to me before I put it on my board. But I got the Lift from Goodwood Audio. There we go. It is a little attachment that goes on your pedal board. It ro- <laughs> It goes up and down, up and down. And uh, you can put your, your power mm-hmm. or what have you underneath it. And you can put pedals on top of it. But um, I was going to, you know, I'm excited. I can put um, perhaps my Milkman the Amp on top of it and my engine room series well one of my engine room um power supplies underneath it because i have a flat board that i use with sunday crush and uh i want to put my power (laughs) i I got power needs so uh, Mm -hmm. i i'm excited i'll be able to put the um the engine room level 12 underneath this and uh it actually looks really nice i always love the branding on the goodwood stuff
0: no i I like their stuff Yeah, big thanks to
1: Grant for sending this to me. It looks beautiful. Now, is Um, this the
0: one that's also got, like, the hinge, like, lift up on it, or?
1: Yeah, I got those parts right here. Nice. Yeah. And then the the other thing. So, uh, yeah, just again, I'm going to have to wait until um, something comes back to me. I've got some things loaned out at the moment. Uh, fair enough.
0: Fair so, enough.
1: Yes, fair enough.
0: But that's exciting.
1: Um, yeah. You know, I'm I always think... loaning sh- shit to people. Uh, so you
0: lift me up. I'm sorry, I can't help it. It's just Josh Groban You know? I know it's not oh, lift, okay. but
1: Yeah, and then that's <sighs> not that's not all that's new with me.
0: Oh, double trouble. Here we go.
1: I got the the, the large boy, the HXL. HX XL. so big thank you to line six i i also have the line six power amp behind me it doesn't weigh as much as i expected it to it's really Really? lightweight yeah so i'm gonna i'm really excited i get to take that to my next sunday crush gig on october 14th the uh, power amp with the pod go
0: nice nice
1: yeah just just absolutely thrilled so i'm very excited you get oh got God.
0: the um, it's
1: Unboxing supposed
0: to be an easy box to open I promise
1: It looks easy
0: Oop! Just like that mine. XL bit makes it A little bit more cumbersome to like open all the way Oh this is a live unboxing I just saw Tape get cut
1: <gasps> Alright I'm like ooh I'm not going to take it all the way out of the box Put it in there
0: Nice.
1: nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is going to be a good chance to uh, dig into more programming for you.
1: I know. I'm excited. More instructions. Case candy. Power supply. Always good to have
2: the power.
1: Oh, it's not that big. It's not very big. I know Anne Slikowski got one. She made some very cool ambient noises. So I'll make less ambient noises, I'm sure. But uh
0: I mean, ooh. I've just been really impressed with the, the Line Six engines lately. They've come a very long way in digital.
1: Ooh, it's pretty.
0: Is it? it it's the same uh, like black sparkle that they do on the regular yeah, HX stop. It's yeah. uh-huh. a great finish.
1: Ooh, soft. So many outputs
0: and inputs. I mean, just looking at it, I, I feel like that straight up could be someone's rig period oh i discussion. mean that's the
1: point that's totally the point yeah volume I, I, that's the
0: ultimate fly rig right there
1: expression 1 2 stereo send left right oh it's a stereo send return well,
0: stereo is always better
1: left right input left right output headphone and MIDI, it's like they got this, this thing has got everything. Yeah, everything. Nice. Yeah. So I'm excited to dig into that, obviously. So I'm just all, I'm all line six out. I've got my modeling needs. I man I'm excited for the new, like, I know they have some kind of mood esque, um, like, um, presets or patches. And well, that um sounds, tone prints. Yeah, not not tone prints. That's not what they're called, Emily.
0: They've come a long way, like the pitch shifting stuff in particular. I think the the earlier versions of Helix, uh, earlier firmware model uh, updates. I was not super impressed, but that, I mean that's going back, you know, probably three, almost four years now. And what I'm thinking about, and just trying some of the updated updates yeah. for, um, just on the the pod go that I've got over here.
1: I Uh, like the um, sense stuff on the Podgo. I don't have the patience to set pitch shifty stuff. Particularly. I know that about myself. That's a personal failing.
0: Well, you know what they say? Life's a pitch.
1: That wasn't the worst you've done. That wasn't the worst. So let me just get my, get some stuff out of my way.
0: I'm glad I set the bar low.
1: Yes. That bar has been set. Hello. Oh, um, cool. <sighs> anything new with you, dude?
0: Uh, anything new with me? Just uh, continuing to grind out. I'm going to have some stuff ready for Fox Cairo by uh, Black Friday weekend. So keep an eye out on that. Mm.
2: I'm
0: excited. And just continuing to be blown away by how consistent my orders have been. That's um, awesome, dude. Yeah, no, it, it's been it's been super neat to just kind of watch this grow. I say watch like I'm a bystander, but there, there's moments where I feel like it's not just me; it's like the entire community coming together and getting excited about a product, and th- there's something magical about that. So I, I would yeah. say that's what my "what's new." But outside of that, just continuing to grind because I've got to be I've got to beat Jason.
1: Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah. Yep. I won't ask you for a progress update.
0: <laughs> Don't ask for a progress update. Not till it's no, over.
1: Not until the party's over. Well, I'm not going to lose any pounds this week because tonight, I well, I will. Um, I have an anniversary dinner with my husband.
0: Aww.
1: Italian food. Like well, it's pre-anniversary.
0: Well, oh. enjoy your Italian food.
1: I just realized I said the day this drops Is my anniversary Actually it's just the day we're recording uh, The, the mm. day after the day We're recording So actually a week ago is my anniversary the day, this drop, the day this drops I'm in Cincinnati <laughs> Which means I also won't be losing weight Because I'll be eating Skyline Chili Skyline. Pizza Belgian Waffles Get a Probably some Cincinnati style Chili Definitely Definitely Graters Yes It'll I've never be. even
0: been there. I know like what all the cool with all the cool food things are now.
1: Yes, all the cool Cincinnati foods. Lots. This Midwesterners know how to eat. This is, this is true about us. They we do. got some good foods. Maybe I'm some gonna be, Holtman Donuts.
0: I'm gonna donuts. be in Wisconsin here very soon.
1: Yes, this is true. And
0: I'm excited for uh for the cheese curds.
1: <laughs> Cur- them curds are good. We don't have those.
0: I think yeah. I'm gonna backslide on any weight loss that I get this month. <laughs> like,
1: well, you better get them five pounds them there than there. before, so you can get them back. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yes, do it right. Do it right.
0: So, and and to be clear, though, it's like not just about like weight as a number. This is just a good, this Obvious. is a good metric for me to keep an eye on to motivate me to continue going and getting in shape. Yeah. Understandable,
1: you know, totally understandable.
0: Weight, <sighs> age, all just number to me this month. Just not thinking about it too hard.
1: Yeah, you know, it's about healthiness. I haven't lost any weight, but I'm definitely eating, generally speaking, eating a lot healthier. A lot more Good. vegetables and a lot less trash.
0: Incredible how much of a difference it makes in just overall energy and mood.
1: Mm-hmm. And sleeping a lot better. That was day I did sleep a lot later. Eh,
0: happens sure it's good happens. for you
1: sometimes it's good take those days off where we can get them because I work too much
0: <laughs> I work yep. a lot you do
1: yeah I do All right. Um, cool uh, what else are we going to talk about before we talk about our sponsor
0: sponsor uh, in terms of other news I don't have anything right now I'm just kind of in the uh, the mode of gearing up Ramping up, getting excited, down to, what, like a month of Black Friday?
1: Yeah. six weeks.
0: That time is slipping quick.
1: Oh, boy, yeah. You know, I'm going to take the rest of the Sunday and not think about that kind of thing, because that's what I think about on my day job. I know lots of companies are getting their releases back up. It was such a slow summer as far as releases go. And then, like, I felt like a bunch of shit dropped kind of all at once. Um, So I think brands are trying to at least get, like, some sorts of pre-orders going, um, ramping up production so people can get those gifts for themselves and others. Let's be real. Like, people are adding that, like, you know, the Benson Trimadium boost to, uh, like, their idealist for, like, their significant other to get them. Like... Hey husband, give me give me that Pence Germanium boost for my birthday for Christmas, you know. Like, or they're buying it for themselves. Be a
0: great stocking stuffer.
1: I mean, it would fit in a stocking, it's so small. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. But it's got side jacks, you know. It does. Suppose I I am starting to grow old enough to get over my childish dislike of side jacks. It's just me being I mean, but
1: plugs have gotten so small. They really have. Like the paint, like even they've gotten so small. Like, I kind of just want to go
0: buy a bulk pack of the EBS flats.
1: Yeah, those are those, those even fit on like, like the like, cause 'cause sometimes like the pancake ones didn't wouldn't play well if you had like the side running into like the top jack ones. Yep. So that was the problem. So now like you don't even have a, that's not an issue. Yep. But like if you had them all like, all like sandwiched together like that. Sometimes like, especially I imagine this was a bigger problem for guys with bigger feet, especially because even with my small feet, I have a size six and a half shoe. And sometimes I have trouble like hitting those pedals that are all like next to each other. And people complain all the time. Oh, trace bliss has side jacks. I'm like, well, it has all those dip switches switches at the top. Like, like you can't just drill a hole
0: right through those
1: yeah no but then it also has like the 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 aux switch and the like you like you need some space between that and whatever pedals next to it or you're not like you could never operate those with your feet
0: you could operate it with your hands though if you get one of those uh the sorry collaboration guitars they did with built oh yeah those are really cool yeah those look so freaking cool (laughs)
1: Yeah. As of recording, they haven't announced more info about those, but I think that at least some of them are going to get auctioned
0: off. I think those are going to sell for a lot. But I I think they just look so stinking cool. And some of the colorways they've done are just so freaking gorgeous. It's just unreal.
1: Yeah. It's not
0: very good. often I look at a guitar and go like, whoa. Like, oh. could spend... A month and not get bored
1: yes i mean and they work mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> they work really well cool um yeah so this week's uh, episode of get offset podcast is sponsored by caroline guitar company based out of south carolina which is where i first heard people use the word scooge instead of skosh <laughs> It probably said good. skosh i think i don't know i think i just thought skooge sounded funny Objectively, I think it works better. Scooch. I, that's probably just completely a me thing.
0: I think so, scooch. It, it does sound better as scooch.
1: <laughs> scooch is scosh. Uh, no one's ever corrected me.
0: I mean, it gets the point across. Yeah. It's like, it if it's not technically correct, but it communicates the right thing.
1: Yeah. If you like more than a scoosh of havoc...
0: <laughs> You'll really
1: <laughs> like the Caroline Company uh, pedals. Their Havoc switches are Andrew's personal favorite thing yeah. about the pedals.
0: Yeah. I like wild and wacky yeah. and borderline out of control.
1: Yes, but I like pedals that can that can do it all. And they have such ranges, which is what I really like about them. Like they're like a wolf in sheep's clothing in that way. Like yeah. they they can do that very nice, normal, sweet, well-behaved sound. But you know, you know, that picture of that guy who's like, and a nice suit. He's got like a tie and all that. And you can see in the mirror behind him, he's like a complete freak. <laughs> That's their pedals.
0: Like the <laughs> assless chaps of Yeah, like exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like the, the, the pedals are, are mullets in the best way, you know, business in the front and a
0: party in the back. I like that. Yeah. Business up front, party in the back, Caroline effects. Yeah. I think that should be the new slogan. <laughs> Business up front, party in the havoc. There we go.
1: You want to get weird? We can do that. You want to be nice, normal, and sweet? We can do that, too. We can do that, too. Well, I remember, I think, like, one of the weeks after I got the somersault, I was in the studio, and the woman I was recording with was so fucking stoked on the somersault and the sounds it made. And unfortunately, that track did not make her EP, but she was just like, I made a psychedelic song. And she was so excited about it at the time. But uh, I think she just, I don't know it's ever whatever happened to that song. Sometimes you record things and you're like, I'm excited for this to get released. And then you wait two years and then she puts out the EP and you're like, this is two acoustic songs and like one song I worked on two years ago. Well. <laughs> and then like, and sometimes she kind re- re- back out to you and you're like, can you re-record the guitar part in a different key? I'm like, yeah, of course. And then she doesn't release that one either. I'm like, you paid me three times. Yeah, <laughs> you got paid. Yeah. I know, but like I'm like they were nice songs.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe those are being maybe they're so good they're being saved for the full length album later.
1: Maybe I hope. Gotta think I, hope I hope they see the light of day. You know, yeah. yeah. it just it's weird. You know, I was watching something. I forget what it was. I think it was probably oh it was SNL uh, the other night on October second um i didn't the, even realize
0: it started again
1: <laughs> yeah um it was owen wilson he was talking about how you know a live show you get immediate feedback like a musician does He's like you do a movie and you have to wait a year for the feedback i'm like man sometimes you're a musician you gotta wait a year for the feedback
0: yeah that <laughs> makes sense get,
1: you don't always get it right away <laughs> sometimes sometimes you you record something and you're like well maybe this will get released sometimes it won't like like there are whole whole albums like that just never get released i think like remember that band nine days they did that hit song story of a girl like that song was unavoidable and huge they did a second album that just got shelved by the label i don't think it ever got released (laughs) like yeah you know sometimes you work on stuff and it never gets released and i think that's a little less common for movies like never getting released a major sure. studio movie because you think about like a budget for a movie, like a, a, a studio is putting like millions of dollars into a movie, but they'll shelf like an album. They put $35,000 into, you know, they'll be like, eh, fine. no, nine days. We're not releasing it. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, I was se- watching something and then, and then like uh something I saw on Instagram, I think it was Wendy Melvoin and Lisa Coleman from Prince of Ooh. Revolution and Wendy and Lisa. Yeah. Someone was talking about how they had worked. Uh, I worked on a, a record with Wendy and Lisa. It never got released. I assumed it got destroyed in that big, um there was a big fire mm-hmm. and like tons of like Warner universal. I think it was Warner yeah. universal uh, masters got destroyed. Like, 20,000 master recordings or something got like this, just huge loss, huge loss for music, um, historians. And she just thought, like, I thought it just got destroyed in that fire. Like, this is something from the early 90s, and is one tape. I think Wendy Melbourne had one tape of it, so uh, it didn't completely get destroyed. But that's like things, music just gets gone forever, so you know, you you don't always have it, um. Sometimes you do have to wait a very long time for the feedback uh, if it ever happens. And I just, I feel like that's less common for, um, for movies. I mean, obviously there are indie films that never get released ever, but.
0: Oh, but I, I think that feedback aspect is very important. I think that's, that ties into the unnecessary human aspect of, of just being an artist is that feedback, that connection to the consumer of your art. and I, I think that's very, very natural.
1: Yeah. And what do you do with the feedback too, you know? Um, uh, through a fit. Throw a fit. Well, Owen uh, made a joke that he only reads, that someone told him like, if you read the bad, good reviews, you have to read the bad ones too. And he's like, the, the trick is no, you don't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> and yeah, you know what? No, you don't. You really don't. Uh, It just depends on like where you are and like, is it help? Is it constructive? Because the thing is like, sometimes the bad feedback is not constructive. Sometimes it is. And I think that you should try to read the constructive negative stuff. I really do. But I feel like especially, especially on the internet, a lot of it ain't. And sometimes it's coming from a place that is, you know, kind of valid. Uh, Before the episode started, Andrew and I were talking about something that's kind of unrelated to any of this. But, like, ultimately it was about someone's, like, art or whatever. And, you know, we're never going to talk to this person about, like, what we feel about this person's art. But, you know, we have opinions about it. And if we were to present that person, you know, (laughs) maybe it would make this person's art better. <laughs> but uh in our mind, but would this person care? Probably not. They're just gonna keep doing what they're doing. And uh good for them. Whatever. I know. So, Why should they care what we think? You know?
0: Music business question for you. Go for it. Is it always an artist's responsibility to manage the connection to an audience? Or is at some point is that the artist's resp- or the label's responsibility or someone else to help? them curate their audience and help them connect and have direction
1: i think you need to rephrase that question in a a way that makes sense with words what do you mean
0: so let's use owen wilson as that example owen wilson shows up he does his job as acting and he goes home and like to a certain extent yes that feedback is important i'm sure he values it and it's I am sure at a human level, it's very gratifying when a movie does really well and to see the, oh, people love my performance, yeah. but it wasn't his job to write the storyline. It wasn't his job to like write the content that was being done. He was just participating in it.
2: Right. And so in
0: that particular instance, while he is an artist, the ultimate responsibility on connecting with the audience is going to fall on the director, producer, etc. more on that level. Now, is that similar all from a music business perspective with musical artists in the way that they relate to the other staff that goes into a successful act? And,
1: uh, you know, uh, it's so when you're looking at something like that, like I feel like at some levels, like an actor is, you know, they're a part of a much larger production and, sure. you know, Owen is at a point where, you know, he can largely pick and choose what he wants to be in. Um, he And I think a lot of people, when they, when they look at a movie or something, uh, you, you see this in reviews a lot. You know, so-and-so did what they could with what they were given. Yep. You do see that a lot in reviews. So sometimes if a movie is bad, but a performance is good – or, you know, if a good if an actor is really good and, you know, w- her dialogue was bad, they'll say, you know, she kind of did her best with that. Or if the opposite is true and everything else seems to be really good, but the actor is kind of not doing well, and you're like, she didn't seem like a good fit for the role. Like, you, you can see people can pull that apart a little bit better. If, and I feel like that's a little bit more akin to, like, Being a drummer on a song where, you know, like, hey, the song's kind of a dud, but the drums are fire, you know, (laughs) the production is really good, but the song is bad or the song is really good, but the production lacks and kind of hides things. So it is, you know, again, kind of like an ecosystem. I'd have no idea if this is what you're even asking but like So ecosystem like,
0: about what makes it great, but like the con- yeah. ecosystem as it pertains to connecting with the audience, like brand management, customer experience management, to use corporate terms.
1: It's, I, like, Owen oh, talking to people or like whether or not someone like you can't control like if somebody connects with a thing.
0: Sure, I, have no I literally can...
1: have no idea what you're trying to say. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, like, if, are you talking about like responding to tweets or?
0: So not direct, like direct response, but more in terms of like, does the art connect with the audience? And then, so like, if you got your first album is really great and mm-hmm. you find an audience, they really yeah. dig in and, and a label wants to sign you on and then continue to go after that audience. Uh, is it up to the band to just kind of do what they did again? Uh, bands do often like to change labels sometimes like for bands to change. And is that be, I assume to a degree, it's a anticipation of what the audience might want to connect with and wanting mm-hmm. to help grow that way. And so I, I suppose the answer, to this is probably it's a group effort, but in terms of looking at the, like who who's looking at that audience and saying, what are they into? What are yeah. they like? What are the, what are they not like? How do you, How do you take the feedback from the first album, kind of boil that down and figure out how that then synthesizes into a second album is the scenario that I'm thinking of in my head.
1: I think it's generally a mistake for a band or performer to go into the studio and intentionally make like first album part two. I think that there needs to be at least some sort of growth in some way, even if it's not like extreme growth but i I feel like you need to change up something a little bit or it's just going to be boring um sure and i think that a lot of bands just kind of have their sound and they just continue to do that but i think the ones that have a lot of staying power and the ones that have longer careers do tend to change things up at least a little bit between albums um Mm -hmm. you listen you think about um Let's, let's let's do Vampire Weekend. Vampire Weekend, you know, they have a lot of growth between albums. Uh sure. their albums aren't like you you could critique their first album and be like, "Oh, it's like Paul Simon's Graceland." But as their albums progress, you know, they're different. And that's what's made them, I think. I think it's what's given them that kind of staying power and it's what's made them a bigger band album after album, after album over the past like what, 15 years almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's, you know, that's what um, Prince would do for a long time. That's why he had such a long, illustrious career. And that's why I think a lot of the bands that have a lot of staying power um, have in common is that they don't try to do the same thing over and over, but they, you know, they focus on making sure their songs are, are quality that they're not like mm-hmm. chasing trends necessarily, but they're still ex- expressing growth. Um, you know that that you're still writing great, smart, catchy songs, um, but that you're trying something new. And sometimes it's going to work out. And sometimes it's not going to work out. But that you're taking risks. I think is, is that. I think in what what I think is that um, you know trusting your audience to be at least a little bit smart, but not. Not treating them like they're overly smart <laughs> is, is kind of the best way I can put it. Like giving them some credit, but not overcrediting crediting them. Um, not asking too much of them, I think would maybe be the better way to say that. Give them some credit. Don't ask too much of them. And as far as the label goes, you know, set expectations up front, uh, I think is what you have to do. I think you have to say like, I'm not going to, I don't want to do this part too. And if you ask, don't expect that and don't ask that. Um, but ultimately, um, if you ask a label for money, they're going to have input. And if you ever ask anybody for money, that person's going to want input because they gave you money. And there's right. a little bit less you can do there. So that's what th- that's kind of where that comes into play. And if a label thinks de- deem something as non-commercial, That's all they have to say. If they're like, I can't make money with this. I can't sell this. That's all they have to say. And if you don't have a lot of like um, um, clout, there's not a whole hell of a lot you can do about it. You know, that's what nine days learned. They had a hit song and they had no clout. Um, Or what was the band out of Portland from the movie? Dig? Uh, The Dandy Warhols. You know, they had to go and re-record a bunch of songs after they signed to a major label because the uh, label deemed them non-commercial and was, you know, probably right. They never were a hit band in America. Uh, They had some songs and commercials in Europe. They were successful in Europe. They had, you know, some great sync placements in, like, uh, Veronica Mars uh, in the intro sequence for that TV show, that made them a lot of money, but like, they were never hugely successful commercially in America. So, as far as you know, that goes label. Label was kind of right.
0: Great no, it makes that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm tracking.
1: Yeah. So, did that answer? What do you think? Like, I don't. I don't know if those are like.
0: Sure. So, so what I'm hearing is like. What I'm hearing is an approach to the creative process that's more of a stay true to yourself, grow, and just from a growth perspective um, for the band in terms of how the, the next round of content is curated. And I guess in the back of my head, thinking more from like a corporate perspective of like you figure out what your target audience is, you figure out what they like, and then you build products for that target audience. Kind I think of a you mindset. Gotta,
1: yeah, I think you got to keep your fans in mind because – oh. You know, you don't want to, like, leave them in the dust. I mean, in the 80s, Prince got a lot of shit from his original fans who were, you know, largely black. Like, you left your black audience behind, and that really got to him. So he started trying to release albums to appeal back to them. Like, and he wrote songs for, quote, black radio, um, again, and, like, Adore on Side of the Times. Like, he, like, that kind of criticism really got to him. So he tried sure. to get back to it, um, even if it came at the price of the, you know, mainstream total success and world domination. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that a mistake some people make when they get big success and, you know, is that some people make just in general is asking too much of your audience um, too quickly. And you know, just expecting them to be with you every step of the way, getting too you know in the weeds. Um, you know, these people—they just want to have. They just want. They want. They like your hits. They, they like your songs. They like mm-hmm. you. You know that you got to nurture it a little bit for a while first before you get sure. you know too weird and too wild. You know, it's like you, you go on a first date with somebody, you get coffee, kind of like each other. You gotta you maybe. You wait a while, you build that love, you build that trust before you get too weird.
0: <laughs> sure, I mean it's the process of converting listeners to fans.
1: Uh, which is no, I mean that
0: makes total sense. I so in the back of my brain, the, the part where I, I start to wonder, or the that I'm not very exposed to since I've never signed to a label and I didn't go to um, school for this is, uh, so there's the got to keep the fans in mind and, and more in the. To use the term of like, uh, target market. Um, oh my goodness! I just said you, uh, target market uh, market analysis. <laughs> goodness, sure, I feel yeah. so corporate. So in the back of my head, like, so Owen Wilson doesn't have to do that.
1: Well, no, he already has a bunch of people who will go see a movie because they like who Owen Wilson is. I Maybe mean, he's part sure. of it. Like he's part of the appeal of a of a larger product, but you know, people aren't going to see him. People, most people aren't going to see a movie just because Owen Wilson is in it, but some people are.
0: And if, if they do, all I have to say is, "Wow, wow." I, I I'm just thinking in the back of my head. I, I imagine labels are going to want to analyze the target market a little bit deeper and. Kind of just is this commercial is this non-commercial and want to have that sway and so i i think the answer do. that i'm to the question i'm having a hard time verbalizing is more along the long lines of it is an ecosystem and everybody has to contribute to some uh sense or another uh, but I, I i think i w- no I, I that that's that that all makes sense i suppose that's incredibly logical
1: well, now labels do there do do more research, but like they didn't used to do. They used and, and sometimes they still do this. Man, like one band hits it big. Think Nirvana hit it big, and they then major labels were like, "Oh, bands in Seattle that kind of vaguely sound like this are big. Let's sign all the bands in Seattle."
2: Right. So they're right. like
1: bands like Screaming Trees that were nothing like Nirvana had hit had like <laughs> major label deals. <laughs> And like Ivy some of them did really the big, wall. yeah. So um, th- you know that, that. So like they then they would just like have all these bands kind of yep. throw them at the wall, see what hits them. And some labels still do this, and sure. it's kind of it ends up being a little predatory for the bands because then you're like, okay, so Mumford and Sons hit it big, so now let's sign a bunch of Americana bands and just kind of see what hits and then you have a major label contract you don't have a ton of support they're just like trying you in a couple markets and then you have this you're going to get dropped and then you're not going to make any money because you have a bad deal you know and it's you know but you're excited you 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 can finally tell mom and dad you're on a major label it's all been worth it and uh finally did
0: it guys i play boom clap music now
1: stomp clap
0: that's what it was yeah
1: stomp clap stomp clap (laughs) no you know it's so uh you know just be it's easy to be like oh this is my only gonna be my only chance and maybe it is maybe you just want to go along for the ride once you know sure i don't think that's the worst idea in the world
0: it's good exposure
1: i mean it's a good just have that (laughs) life experience once it's not the worst thing in the world um I can't say I wouldn't do it if I could. <laughs> I remember, sure. I remember like when I was working at a record label, there was a band that was about to hit it big and they were like, really like we knew. And this is a band that's still, mm-hmm. that's still big and sell out like, um, uh, like the, like concert halls. And uh, there was one band member who she just, she didn't want to go. Like she wasn't this primary songwriter. She wasn't a primary musician. She was in the band because she was really good friends with the people in the band. So she, she was right. like, she was essentially about to get like a really fun ride and yep. make money and have to do very little compared to everybody else in the band. And she just didn't want to do it. And I mean, uh, she just, and it's her prerogative. She didn't want to do yeah, it. it. And is- as the people are looking at her, like you're about to have the ride of a lifetime yeah, and you're you're the right age to do it. She was like nineteen, and she just didn't want to do it, and it's totally fine if that's not what she want to do. All maybe all she wanted to do was you know play clubs in her hometown and like sleep in her own bed, and that's absolutely valid. And I was like twenty at the time. I was like, I can't believe she's not doing this. And now I'm thirty-two. Me, like, yeah, I kind of. Think. I still kind
0: of some people it. just know what they imagine.
1: want. I still can't imagine not doing it at nineteen, but like thirty-two-year-old me is like, yeah, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. I still would do I would you know, think that I would do it, but. I uh, saw Almost
0: Famous once. I'm good now. I mean.
1: <laughs> you only saw Almost Famous once? How do you just watch that movie one time?
0: No, I've seen it more than one time, but no, it, it's that? fine for people to know what they want and to just kind of live their truth. I don't know. Is that too yeah. buzzwordy? It's a little No, buzzword-y. I think it's good to
1: good to live your truth. Live your truth.
0: some Not people both. are making it to, to their late twenties and still figuring out what that looks like.
1: <laughs> Roof. Well, we didn't talk about Mike's music in Cincinnati, Ohio at all, but maybe I'll talk about it when I get back from Cincinnati. Let's
0: talk about it when you get back. I think talking about, it. I think talking about connecting with an audience is always going to be a helpful topic to kind of, to flesh out and just yeah. food for thought for musicians to kind of dig into and think, yeah, How they do that, how they do that well and as much as they're (sighs) I know okay, so I know that I sound really corporate by like Target target. market.
1: And I don't like to think about it. uh, you know, the labels think about it as like your target market. And you shouldn't be thinking about your audience as like my target audience. You should be thinking about like my fans, like my music. I think you should be making your music in terms of what you think sounds good. I think that you sh- really should be making music that you think sounds good and that you would listen to. Yes. I think that maybe you should be th- also thinking a little bit about what do you, what what will other people like? Will people like that? Does it really work? I, and like, I really do think that maybe you should ask other people, like, is this good? Do you think this is yep. good? And I do kind of think you should be writing for other people a little bit, at least every once in a while, if you want to have a successful career. But... I don't think that you should be thinking about your audience as a target market. I don't think that you should be thinking about them in corporate terms as people that you should be selling to as dollar signs and money and stuff like that. I think that you should be thinking of them as people with whom you want to build relationships, and, you know, have like a long because because when you build relationships with your fans, that's that's long lasting and that's going to be more valuable for both of you going forward, you know, and I think that when, when I say like, exp- give them some credit, but don't ask too much of them, like, give them some credit that if you grow a little bit, they're going to be willing to grow with you. Don't be too afraid to change because then you're not giving them any credit that they're going to be willing to grow with you. You're, don't dumb it down for them, but also right. don't expect them to do a complete 180 with you because that's a, that's a lot at once. And, you know, it's just a lot. Oh, that's
0: once. how you end up with the, the the stuck up snobs like, oh, yeah, like I like their first album.
1: Uh, I mean, you're going to get that anyway.
0: <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> Honestly, you get, that person.
1: If you get those snobs and you have made it good for you. Good
0: for you. Well, so I know that I sound super corporate by using those terms and I, sure.
1: I <laughs> just a little corporate. I'm okay
0: with it. Okay. Uh, and the reason why I'm okay with it is I'm discovering like the more I grow my day job career, that this is turning into like a very helpful framework for me to wrap my brain around how things work. And even if it sounds really lame, it just, it helps in my head, like understand how that all kind of some of those dynamics and how it's all playing out. It's a good mm-hmm. reference point for me. Good. Uh I'm also just getting old and crotchety. I actually posted to my personal Facebook this week, did you? Uh, which I don't um, for the first time forever. I, I usually.
1: Oh, I, um, I did see that.
0: And it, it was just long lines, of, like Facebook's boring. I, I I'm on LinkedIn now, and for whatever reason, I'm turning to the old crotchety person that is enjoying. I'm
1: on LinkedIn. I, I ah, I've ah, just ah, been.
2: Ah, I,
0: I don't look at Facebook hardly at all anymore. I, I'm more likely to go on LinkedIn and look at what people are releasing the tech industry or other industries. It just I kind of just find it fascinating.
1: Oh, I hate LinkedIn so much. Just people trying to like sell my business things. I'm like stop I, I mean don't care. so much
0: of it is just like posturing and look at me. I'm cool. Please hire me. Yeah. Well, but-
1: or I did this beautiful thing and I gave somebody a chance. I hired somebody.
0: Sure. I'm not saying all the content's great, but just in in, in terms of framework for wrapping my brain around things, it's been mm. an interesting shift as I approach my late twenties. Oh my god.
1: You're so young. <laughs> yes, I'm young. So young. So young. Yes. Wow. I guess I'll talk to you when I get back from Cincinnati.
0: Cincinnati?
1: Nasty-nasty. Cincinnati. So, so it's a lot nicer than it used to be. <laughs> Cincinnati.
0: A lot of places are.
1: Well, you know, when, when the millennials moved back to the cities, after our parents' parents left them.
0: I am turning into the person that's like, oh, yeah, and that over there, that used to be blank. Yeah. <laughs> Oh,
1: gosh. Speaking of used to be, man, the Mercy Lounge, Cannery Ballroom in High Watt in Nashville. They're going to have to move after being in the same place for 20 years. Wow. 20 years. And so sad.
0: Well, that sounds much sadder than what I discovered yesterday, which is the restaurant where Willis and I had our wedding reception is no longer there. Well. It was just a McCormick inch mix. It's not like it was Oh. But
1: Well Rick and I got married. I think about a year, almost a year to the day Rick and I got married, our wedding venue was almost destroyed by a hurricane. Oh no. (laughs) Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. All right. Well, I'm gonna go have my
0: I'm gonna go make coffee.
1: All right. Well, uh, please check us out on Patreon. Subscribe on YouTube, Indeed. iTunes, Spotify. Buy a hat. Buy a shirt. Buy shit. <laughs> Thanks for watching.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily.
0: And my name is Andrew. Sorry, I was suppressing a burp there. Um, yeah? All right,
1: yeah. We'll Goodbye.
0: Bye.